Welcome back to Glass Onion Minute. I'm your host, Nate Rinley. My guest again is Drew Stewart. He's joined us all this week. This is minute number 28, which means it starts at zero hours, 27 minutes, zero, zero seconds, and finishes at zero hours, 27 minutes, 59 seconds. This scene begins with Miles continuing his sentence about how legit it is that Blanc is at his murder mystery party. In the world at my murder mystery party, that is so legit. And it ends with Bertie passively, aggressively complimenting Claire by saying she looks so cute. Excellent. Great. So yeah, this minute, thrilling new territory for me. We switch from the glass onion to a different place, which is outside. Exterior, poolside. <laughs> but uh, but at first, we're still in the glass onion. So let's talk about what happens in there first. I like how this minute starts with... um with miles finishing his sentence but then like we get a dramatic moment like of of blanc talking about how anonymous invitations are not to be trifled with like mr braun i've learned through bitter experience that a an anonymous invitation is not to be trifled with okay look come on like this is ominous like somebody may want to murder you and want me to be witness to it kind of thing and Miles is still just like, no, you're you're a cool dude. Like, why don't you? Yeah. I'd love to have you visit me at my home. There, you've been invited. Well, you're an official guest now. Thrilled to have you. I mean, relax. Enjoy yourself. Hey, try to solve the murder mystery if you can. I don't want to toot my own horn, but it's pretty next level. I've invited you now, and now you're a guest. <laughs> He's learned through bitter experience, but I thought that experience was delightful. <laughs> it's called Glass Onion. No, it was called Knives Out. <laughs> right. Right. He did get an anonymous invitation. He was hired anonymously. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I think this part of the movie, Ryan and his expectations, this is setting up a lot of things like, okay, this is similar. There's some differences, but this is similar to the last movie. This is like, you know, maybe that's the thing. Every one of these movies, he always gets an anonymous invitation and we have to find out who hired him as well as... Mm-hmm. some mystery but like there's differences and stuff like that a lot of this stuff is delightfully unpredictable ultimately but uh but i think that's what you're supposed to be thinking about it at this yeah scene. uh like I, I i just re-listened to my my knives out minute stuff and i talked about how ryan johnson loves playing with tropes and it's it's incredible that in his sequel to a murder mystery where he played with all those tropes, he's already playing with tropes of what a Benoit Blanc murder mystery is. Exactly. Yeah. Like that's, that's so great. (laughs) Yeah. And the, the whole idea of the first movie, and I think of any good mystery, you can't just say who done it and have it be one of the people because it's, it's like a combination. It's just like pluses and minuses of stories and clues and stuff like that. You have to, make people ask the wrong questions. I think that's something that he's really good at uh, in The Last Jedi 2. Like, he he makes the stakes different than what you thought they were going to be. Not just the opposite of what you thought they were going to be or exactly what you thought they were going to be, but it kind of makes the makes you focus on slightly the wrong thing that's not as important as you thought it was, but he gives you all the information you need to figure out what is important as well. Exactly. From my own experience, when I was watching this movie, you know, my whole mind and eyes are just darting around. I'm just trying to, not that I want to like figure it out. I just want to be taking everything in 
and kind of seeing where we're going to go with this and little mm-hmm. things like this just kind of like set off little fireworks in your brain and make you make you wonder what everything's meaning so far. And I, I think that was why the movie is so much fun to watch. Yeah, it, it's a good murder mystery. And like, what's a clue or the or the the, you know, is the fact that he was invited, you know, mysterious? Is it is it an omen? Um, uh, is the fact that it's a murder mystery party like is that a huge mm-hmm. deal? Like it's 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 setting up all this stuff that that you don't know at this point if it's going to pay off or like what is important? What do you need to pay attention to in this in this in this dialogue scene? Right. Which which like I said yesterday, I'm on the edge of my seat being like, okay, where's the clues? Like I know that he's he's smart enough to like laid stuff out. You know, I've got a. It's not going to be the obvious clues, but I'm still like falling for the obvious clues because, yeah, I'm not familiar with the genre. Yeah, and I would say like he doesn't really go as far as to just use that many red herrings. It's like everything is meaningful, but maybe not in the way you were expecting it to be meaningful. So it yeah. will show up, but but you're not. So it is worth to paying attention to. It's not like he just gives you a whole bunch of like, oh, there's fingerprints here, and then later on they're like, ah, those were the maids or whatever. <laughs> like, you know, don't worry <laughs> right. about it. Like that that would feel kind of cheap if you had invested a lot in like noticing these things and just to be tell you that that no, that was nothing. Yeah. So another thing in uh the segment called what was it? Is Mile Braun an idiot? I I don't know. I don't know about this one. But <laughs> before he leaves, he says, I'm gonna foil See you at the pool. <laughs> I'm I'm glad you brought this up because I was going to bring it up for this se- segment also. What? I'm going to foil. I'll see you at the pool. <laughs> foil? <laughs> so it's, I guess it can mean defeat or thwart, like, you know, foiling a plan to prevent from attaining an end. I've on the slang things. I couldn't find anything that would make sense for this context. I'm going to foil. I don't, I don't know. I don't even know what it... <laughs> I don't even know what sounds like it that he right. could be like misspeaking yeah it, like he thought it was like a cool slang for i'm gonna take off or i'm i don't know i don't even know what he meant <laughs> it's hard to say but the thing with people like that is the fact that they say it it is now a thing like that's the problem with these rich influential people it's like now i'm gonna say that i have to foil when yeah. I have to leave a meeting early or something. Right, right. Because it's the hip, cool thing to do, obviously, because this rich guy does it. it. If you can make people feel like they don't know something when you're saying it, then you can really exactly. get away with a lot of things. <laughs> I also like uh, another thing is that he's all excited to have the, the world's greatest detective at his party, but he's still like, I don't know if you can solve the mystery. Like... <laughs> actual detective do you think that you can outsmart you know what i came up with for my murder mystery party for my kind of dumb friends who who barely got the puzzle box open when they were all working together (laughs) true yeah a little cocky but apparently it's next level so we'll see i'm sure he won't solve it extremely quickly right maybe before it even starts (laughs) <laughs> that's not gonna happen because it's so good so we don't have to worry about that i think we're ready to should we foil and get out of the glass onion go outside let's foil all right um we get a we get a good cut to the outside of the glass onion as the camera kind of helicopter shots down to uh the pool where miles is going to foil to <laughs> but uh but before he gets there we get quite a reveal indeed uh, 
as as Birdie makes her entrance uh, to the pool area in a in a dramatic tracking shot of uh, her whole business. Uh, our five minutes have a lot of business um, she, starting in this scene. There's, there's, there's a lot of swimsuit. There's a little swimsuit. There's not a lot of swimsuit. That's true. There's not too much swimsuit. <laughs> she's, but she's got a cover up on and it's flowing behind her. So it's not covering anything, but it's right. very majestic. Yes. There's, there's a lot of, uh, it's, it's a beautiful shot of Kate Hudson and I can't, I can't fault it. But uh, it's very distracting. <laughs> I was happy to see Kate Hudson again. I know she's been introduced already in this movie, but uh, you know, we got a yeah. we got a few different staples from the the Audis that I was happy to see pop up. <laughs> yeah, and and like uh, I, you know, I went in without watching any trailers or anything, so I, you know, trying to forget who was in the movie. So I'm like, oh, Kate Hudson, and then like every time that they'd leave. You know, because I hadn't seen a trailer, we're like, well, you know, obviously they're going to be back because in this other scene, I'm like, oh, Kay Hudson again. Like every time that she shows up <laughs> or any of them. Right. Oh, Catherine Hahn. Catherine Hahn. That's right. She's that's the Dave Batista's in this movie. <laughs> Catherine Hahn is the best friend in so many movies, including a well, she was like an employee in the one I just watched. that was just just terrible called. How do you know the last film performance of Jack Nicholson as of now? Oh, no. It's the worst. And I, I like rom-coms. This movie is trash. <laughs> but, Why wow, does check Jack it out. It's Nicholson... Is it, is it because... Uh, what's that movie called? The other... Is that a rom-com even? That's what I'm trying to... As good as, as, good as it as, gets. It's the same director and writer, James L. Brooks, as as good as it gets. So it's probably like a favor to him. We got... Oh. Got Paul yeah, Rudd I'll be and in your Owen movie, Wilson, buddy. Yeah. And, what? Uh, yeah. This movie does not exist. It fell into some kind of movie black hole. What? <laughs> it's it's so boring and so cheap. It's uh, I don't know. Check it out. But <laughs> Catherine like Hans in it. Yeah, yeah, she's in it. Uh, how, how to lose a guy in ten days? You know, right? She she's always kind of around. I don't know. Great to see her. And here she's here now, wearing a robe and being called cute by uh, she's she's aggressively not wearing too little bathing suit so cute thanks what do you think the cute comment was targeted she obviously you know you can see her face she doesn't like it (laughs) yeah it's it's uh, like the script says that their banter has an uh, underlying affection to it and i think i think that really shows through in the in the way that 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 kate and Catherine, Kate, Kate and Kate <laughs> uh, play off of each other in this scene. Like it's, it's just, this is to be expected. You know, uh, one of them's a soccer mom and the other one has always been a model. Like she was the most famous part of their group. Originally we find out in the next minute. Um, so it, it, it's something that she's just used to like, just, okay aggressive comments about her her body or whatever and i'm sure she's been fighting it for decades i I think that cute in some context people don't like to hear right especially when when it's coming from somebody wearing as little as 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 birdie is in the scene and to contrast with what she just said to lionel which is that he's too sexy to be a scientist (laughs) she's just she's just 
Right. And to, and to be able to pivot from an actual like compliment to to such a passive aggressive comment is just it it's just part of their dynamic. And like we've not we've not seen them really interact. We saw them interact on a phone in the in the split screen stuff at the beginning. And on the dock they're all just interacting with Blanc. So like this is our first real look of like them with their hair down. And, and a little bit with Ethan Hawke. Yes. <laughs> I did not know it was Ethan Hawke. I still don't know it's Ethan Hawke. <laughs> the guy who gives them the shots when they, oh. before they come. <laughs> what? I, I, I couldn't believe it. I had to look up a screenshot. And I was like, yeah, I guess that's what he looks like. But man, not expecting that. I guess that. it's just fun. It just must be fun. And 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 I, I was thinking earlier, like, the the first one is like a cozy mystery. And this one is like a vacation thriller. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably on purpose. Like Ryan Johnson got a blank check from Netflix to make a sequel. And he's just like, Greece, what? We're going to go to Greece. Kind of like how uh, people assume that all of Adam Sandler's movies are just, where do I want a vacation this year? Sure. Yeah. I think that this is a little bit of Ryan being like, I've always wanted to go to Greece. Let's, let's write the movie so that I go to Greece. Well, in some ways, yeah, this this is like a more exotic location. But in other ways, the other one goes a lot more locations in general. This one's more of like a like a isolating place. You know, mm-hmm. I know when Knives Out came out, there was a point where I thought, OK, they're going to be in this house for the rest of the movie. They're like stuck here for some reason. That wasn't true at all. <laughs> Another trope that. I, I forgot that they left until just now. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. They, go, they go all over town. There's a car chase. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought, and they go to like a restaurant, and like they go to the dry cleaner. I thought, I thought for sure, like, this is going to be who done it. We're like, we're all stuck together. And actually, yeah. this no one, one leaves this house like until I've solved the mystery. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, but, you know, I think that might also be a, a pandemic thing for this one. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe they would have, like, they, they maybe tweaked the script or maybe wrote it. I don't I don't really know the timeline, but like it does seem like pretty ideal if you wanted to have people kind of quarantining and not interacting as much with like permit offices. And yeah, I like think that. it was written for that for that to just get everybody isolated. It's a great idea. Sounds like a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a lot more fun than I have. <laughs> <laughs> so do we get Claire's uh, reaction in this minute? It's like right on the next one. Oh, okay. So we'll, we'll we'll be beginning with that next time. But I did want to highlight in this our Wednesday episode the score. Mm-hmm. We get the we the good sweeping glass onion theme. I assume it's called. <laughs> it's composed by Nathan Johnson, and on the soundtrack, this was called uh, "An Anonymous Invitation." It actually is like the kind of low key unsettling part from the previous minutes, and then goes into this sweeping. Lawrence of Arabia slash Sex in the City two type of there we go. Egyptian I was like, space. it's kind of it's kind of James Bondy, but it's got more of a Middle Eastern flair to it. It's the mm-hmm. Sex in the City two is what it is. Yeah, it's it's absolutely what they were wearing when they uh, liberated the Middle East. For- <laughs> <laughs> that movie. <laughs> it's one of my favorites ever. <laughs> I cannot believe what happens in that movie. Yeah, if. If you want a, a great movie to watch, I would say forget you, everything you know about movies and watch Sex and the City 2. Can you, do you even need to have seen any of the other things? Like, I don't even think so. Like, it's just kind of a standalone 
four powerful women freeing uh freeing the middle east uh the women of the middle east from their uh wow i think they're male oppressors yeah you'll get a little bit more out of it if you've seen the the show or at least the first movie but most of those are like in like shocking like i can't believe they're doing this based on what they've done before i can't believe they would do this to this character things like that but i think on a visceral level you can just you can just sit down and enjoy sex in the city too visceral that's a good that's a good word for that laughter emma yeah (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i don't know i i really like the the big moment because they're in greece i don't i it maybe even seems a little like the sh- the score is feels too localized to the middle east but <laughs> uh you know i don't know they're in the mediterranean region so i don't know anything about grecian music greek music i guess uh i i know it when i hear it but i don't even know what instruments are playing right but yeah no, i know great well, i don't know i know i, mean, I, I just hear it. i just think it's a del- <laughs> delightful delightful score so far and it really overtakes the whole mix for a bit. So thought we'd yes. point it out. Uh, anything else to cover in this minute? No, I'm this next minute. I promise this next minute is the best minute. Yeah, I was I was mixing it up. Next minute's the best. Sorry about this one, but you'll you'll be back. Um, we got a special question here, Benoit Blanc. Without giving spoilers, could you talk about the already announced third film in the Knives Out mystery franchise? I. The thing is, now really like seeing how, like I said earlier, that that um, you don't know he's already playing with what you think a Benoit Blanc mystery is, where he's anonymously invited and you have to figure all this stuff out. Like I don't think that anybody can predict how he's going to play with the tropes. the 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 most fun thing I can think of is that it's called Magical Mystery Tour, and <laughs> um. He goes from coast to coast and he solves like one one uh mystery every 20 minutes, every reel. It's a different <laughs> like so it's like a instead of the way that TV shows are now, where it's one giant movie, one 10-hour movie split up into you know hour-long parts, it's it's one two-hour movie split up into multiple little TV shows. <laughs> Yeah. And it doesn't make any sense because it'd be a Netflix original and you might as well make it a miniseries at that point. But <laughs> I like the idea of Ryan Johnson making a movie that's actually just a bunch of TV episodes tied together. Yeah. Right. That would be good. I, what would the most unexpected would be? It's just like a really gritty, grisly murder. Oh, a, yeah. It's just super gory. <laughs> downtown area. Like, it, not many people die. In these movies, so it's like it would be really if it was like you know Jason Voorhees kind of like y'all look at this grisly murder scene. Look at this. This child was pinned to the wall with this knife. And like, maybe Benoit Blanc could be the man who finally puts Hannibal Lecter behind bars again. There we go. That's the crossover we need. So Drew, tell us where we can find you. Well, you can find me. Uh, I run uh, multiple visual comparisons where I compare uh, different versions of different movies. And uh, I try to stay away from like, oh, you know, this scene was re-edited. But I mean, sometimes that's important. But like basically the the visual effects changes. Uh, 
you can find that at uh, viscomps, V-I-S-C-O-M-P-S dot com. And on the same uh, Twitter and Star Wars viscomps on Twitter and uh, all that, that kind of stuff. Viz, viscom dot comps. No, no, no. <laughs> Dang it. Now I need to buy that URL. <laughs> I have too many URLs I'm not using. Stop that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Go check out that Twitter and that website to see more of Drew. And then you you can just hear more of him tomorrow on this this podcast called Glass Onion Knives Out Mystery Minute. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's a Twitter. It's at Glass Onion Min. That's all one word. I didn't say that last time either. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah. So on Twitter, we got at Glass Onion Min. Follow that. Retweet it. Okay. Well, thanks, Drew, and we'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.